The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. As always, talking about the Broncos on our daily Broncos Blitz Podcast. Today on the podcast, I want to reevaluate the 2017 draft class because I think many individuals, well, will look at the draft class and say it was a complete failure. It was an F minus, period. Want to forget about it completely. End of story. Point blank, period. I'm going to give you a a little reason to maybe think differently than that. So we'll reevaluate the draft class, talk about each individual pick, where they are now, and what Denver hit or missed on in that draft. And maybe it isn't so much about the draft class being the failures, but maybe so much the coaching staff have a play in that as well, too. But first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair, of course, just a tremendous uh, fair over there. Be sure to check out that rooftop, of course, too, which is heated in the winter. A lot of good stuff over there. Be sure to check it out at uh, Tap 14 on the web, tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me, Tap 14. Now, just a refresher for those who uh, don't remember. Of course, the Broncos, they had uh, eight picks in the 2017 draft, of course, led by their first overall pick, or I should say their first round, number 20 overall pick in Garrett Bowles. And then, of course, followed by Demarcus Walker, Carlos Henderson, Brendan Langley, Jake Butt, Isaiah McKenzie, D'Angelo Henderson, and finished out by, of course, Mr. Irrelevant, Chad Kelly. I think when you look at this draft class, many look at it, uh, say, what are we, uh, you know, 20, 25 plus weeks of actual football play a year and a half in and look at this draft class as a complete mess from top to bottom that this was just a, a draft class that you will want to forget. Denver screwed up here. End of story. There's there's really other no way to put it. And while many could argue that certainly. I'm going to try to put a little bit of a different spin on this and say maybe the draft class isn't as bad as you think. Let's start from top to bottom, okay? Uh, and Garrett Bowles out of Utah, who, by the way, has started every game that he has played so far at the left tackle position. And I know that everybody has very, I think the majority has been frustrated with Garrett Bowles and the holding penalties, but I don't think by any means you call him a bust at this point. Let's remember, this is a Garrett Bowles who also blocked for maybe quite possibly the worst quarterback situation I have ever seen in 2017 when it came to three awful quarterbacks who could not get the job done, even as what you could many argue is a third-string situation because... Well, let's see here. Uh, Paxton Lynch, he is no longer on a roster. Trevor Simeon is third string and could not beat out Kyle Sloter uh, in Minnesota. And uh, who was that third? Oh, Brock Osweiler. Um, He was not very good either and really not coveted by many teams. And uh, he's now drifting away in the NFL. And and this is an offensive line that had to block for these guys rotating. 
Not just one guy. It's different when you have one quarterback who's just the guy who's just not very good. At least you can learn his cadences and some of his different, uh, his style and, and the way he uh, you know likes to move around in the pocket. This was just a rotating door and it was just an awful blocking situation. So this is one of those things where I am still undecided on Garrett Bowles. I think this is a guy who can be a player in the NFL and certainly at least, you know, in the short term has played uh, on track, at least on track to play a, a full potential 32. So Garrett Bowles, certainly one of those that when we look at, I think many are going to say so far undecided. I think that's the most fair way to go about it so far, because again, this is a guy who has played 25 games so far, um, but he did start a full 16 last year, and he is on track to start a full 16 this year as well. Starting the second round now, where Demarcus Walker, of course, the defensive end at Florida State, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I, I have been very high on Demarcus Walker. I think this is a guy who can be an impactful player when he has had opportunities. He also has flourished, whether that be in preseason where he had a sack and a half. Of course, this most recent regular season where uh, he has collected a sack in the one, two opportunities that he's had. Fumble recovery as well, too. This is a guy who just seems like he has a natural nose to the football and really dominated in Florida State. But, of course, you had the issue of when he was drafted. Let's remember, he played defensive end, Florida State, drafted, and they said, we're going to make you a linebacker. We need you to lose 25 pounds. That was the coaching staff's decision. And Demarcus Walker, of course, followed that, and he just became one of those awkward tweener linebackers where, because he's a defensive end, he's not fast enough to keep up with some of the offensive weapons in the league as a linebacker. But then, because he lost so much weight, he couldn't tango in the trenches like he used to when he was a defensive end. Now they've switched him back, and it looks like things are kind of back on track. But again, a wasted year for Demarcus Walker. So I'm not going to pin the rookie season on Demarcus Walker and quite frankly, all the opportunities that he's had, he has produced. He hasn't gotten many opportunities because he was inactive for basically the entire first half of the season. But this is a guy who has, when he's had chances, he has flourished. And you can't deny that. The second round pick in 2017. Uh, let's go to the two third round picks. And I will say this. Uh, these are just straight misses. Uh, Brendan Langley and Carlos Henderson. Of course, Carlos Henderson taken 82nd overall. Brendan Langley 101st overall. Carlos Henderson, look, uh, legal troubles. Looked like a talented guy, but a lot of legal problems. Of course, wasn't ready for the altitude. And, and it does pin back on the Denver Broncos as far as their decision to take him because you've got to do your research when it comes to this kind of stuff, whether it be the on-field or off-field traits that a player has. Those two are misses, no doubt. Brendan Langley just couldn't, sh it just didn't show that he could tango in the NFL, that cornerback out of Lamar. Uh, they did not have a pick in the fourth round, but they had two in the fifth round, and these are the two interesting ones because Jake Butt, I think more or less everybody would agree, this is a good player. Jake Butt's a good player and a good quality tight end who just can't stay healthy. This is a guy who's just been hurt. And while you understood that taking him in that fifth round, that was a value pick. This is a Jake Butt who was supposed to be taken in the late first round, at least projected by many, before he, of course, got hurt. And I believe it was the Orange Bowl that Michigan was playing in. Um, so th this was one of those picks. That it was a flyer. And I think most would agree that this is a good player, who just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Isaiah McKenzie, on the other hand, of course, everybody knows about the fumbles. He 
fumbled in what six straight games I think it was of course he had those six crucial ones and really a a, a, a situation I pin more on the coaching staff and again we're kind of going back to this coaching staff theme Isaiah McKenzie should not have been out there to muff the fourth fifth and sixth punt it was pretty clear that this is a guy who needed to be sat down and kind of needed to clear his head, but yet you continually, and when I say you, I mean the Broncos coaching staff, threw this guy into the fire and almost kind of under the bus. And while, yes, you need players to execute, there is also something about you looking out for your players, particularly rookies who are just getting started. Because, look, this is a guy at Georgia who was a very impactful uh, not only wide receiver, but also just kind of an all-purpose guy. Guy who could take jet sweeps in the backfield. Guy who can return kicks, punts, all that good stuff. And in his first major playing time with Buffalo, and by the way, when he was released, he was coveted by multiple teams. This is a guy who picked up with Buffalo. 121 all-purpose yards with the Bills in his first game. Utilized in all phases of the game, whether it be kick, punt return, rushing, and receiving. He was featured in uh, the early going of the game. This wasn't one of those, even though it was a blowout, it wasn't one of those situations where McKenzie was essentially sent out there to mop up duty. He was used in the first and second quarter when the game was close. Interesting that the Bills in their first game with him can all of a sudden just unlock what Isaiah McKenzie was what we all at least thought, was capable of. Look, this is a Buffalo team that is not very good. I quite frankly don't think they're very well coached either. But yet they could still unlock some of the potential and some of the flash that validated a potential fifth-round pick, if not more for Isaiah McKenzie. We'll see what he does in the future, and certainly he is on a short lease, I imagine. Because he, of course, he has those fumbles in the past, but he didn't in uh, his first game in the Buffalo. And we'll see how that goes. Another player who was cut by the Broncos, who was highly coveted by multiple, several teams, and everybody kind of knew that, was D'Angelo Henderson, running back out of Coastal Carolina, who has just flourished in preseason for the Denver Broncos in both of them, and really showed that he could be an impactful back, of course, against Kansas City as well, too. He ends up signing with the Jets. Now, he is no longer on a team, for at least from what, if I remember correctly. Uh, but this is a guy who was showing enough talent inside NFL circles to validate multiple teams going after him as a sixth-round pick. And then, of course, we get to the final pick, which is the literal final pick in the 2017 draft class, and that was Chad Kelly. And I know everybody wants to talk about Chad Kelly now. Of course, no longer on the team and some of his legal problems and all that. But this is a guy who, look, let's face it, he outplayed his draft status. I mean, when you talk about seventh-round picks, there isn't much value there. This is more of a flyer hope you hit on a guy who's maybe impactful on special teams. Let me give you some of the names in the seventh round, from Jack Tacho to Trayvon Hester, Jordan Carroll to Keon Adams, Chad Kelly to Matthew Days. I mean, these are guys you don't know. And look, every once in a while, you find a seventh round pick that maybe, maybe gives you a little bit of production. 
But overall, this was a guy who essentially played the backup quarterback role for half a season, and assuming that he doesn't get in legal trouble, which is not the Broncos' fault, he's still on this roster as the backup quarterback and potentially a guy who could get a real shot in the future to be the Denver Broncos quarterback. And that was the guy you took in the seventh round. So a guy you took in the seventh round uh, far outplayed his draft status. Somehow, some way, the Buffalo Bills unlocked Isaiah McKenzie's potential. D'Angelo Henderson and Isaiah McKenzie drawing interest from NFL teams. The coaching staff did not handle the DeMarcus Walker situation well and continued to try to at least revive that situation. Jake Budd looks like a good player, just injured. And again, some of these players still kind of... The jury is out. Uh, the The jury is, is undecided right now, I should say. Garrett Bowles. I mean, we really can't say that this guy's a, a bust yet after 25 games. Because this is a guy who's going to be a 32-game starter. And an offensive line that, boy, I don't even remember the last time Denver had a 32-game straight starter. I'll have to do some research on that. So, maybe this draft class isn't as bad as people think. Don't get me wrong, this is not a good draft class. Um, But maybe it's not the F-minus that people think it actually is. Maybe it's more of a C-minus. Or a C. Maybe it's a D plus, but I don't think it's a complete failure that everybody thinks it is. And I think everybody just defaults to that too easily. That 2017 draft class is one that we just want to completely forget. And we want to focus more on the positives, the 2018 draft class. And don't get me wrong, the 2018 draft class is a tremendous one. But maybe the 2017 draft class isn't as bad as you think. They're not good, but it's not as bad. And why is that? And I want to bring this around to coaching. Because you can make an argument there are multiple cases here where coaching was the problem. And it's funny, particularly I want to zero back into Isaiah McKenzie, because this is an offense that is now utilizing jet sweeps more. Utilizing a little bit more of a versatile back type situation. And of course, Philip Lindsay is kind of playing that role. You see Emmanuel Sanders being a very effective run game weapon. And that would have been a perfect situation for Isaiah McKenzie, but yet they couldn't figure out how to keep him on the roster somehow. And you should have knew that teams were going to be after him because the Bills picked him up, and he's now flourishing with the Bills at least in one game. Small sample size, I get it. But this is a guy who at least showed he could be effective. The D'Angelo Henderson situation, going back to coaching. And, and look, this is a coaching staff that has completely, completely botched the running back situation for their two years. From Jamal Charles, the underutilization of Jamal Charles, even though you signed him, of course, that ended on a sour note, to D'Angelo Henderson continually showing that he can be an effective running back, and yet you did not use him. And then, of course, he gets cut, signed with another team. The running back situation this year kind of got off to a rocky start. Denver really didn't know what they had in Philip Lindsay, it seemed like, even though everybody else knew, and now he is their featured back. So I I I, I it's hard to look at the D'Angelo Henderson pick and just say, oh, that was totally on D'Angelo Henderson. 
No, it's not. This is this is a pick that was botched because of coaching. Uh, Chad Kelly, again, we kind of look at it and say, this is a guy who was far better than his seventh-round pick. You have your two misses in the third round, yes. Then we get to our second-round pick, which, again, botched by coaching. Your first over, your first round pick, your number twenty overall guy, Garrett Bowles. It's it's funny to see Garrett Bowles suffer in some of the fundamentals, and not look at that as potentially a coaching problem. I mean, the, Garrett Bowles' footwork needs so much work right now, and they seem like fundamental issues that aren't being corrected by coaching. So. Is this draft class maybe a little bit better than what we all thought they were? Just plagued by a bad coaching staff. I want your reaction on Twitter. At Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. As uh, maybe this could maybe this draft class isn't as bad as we thought it was. Maybe it's more of a C minus that is brought to an F because of the coaching staff. So be sure to go check it out. Of course, getting your responses on our Twitter feed and, um, well, some of it right here. Isaiah61 says, you mean he can actually use a speedy wide receiver kick return effectively in an offense? The Bills are rebels, pioneers, Hollywood says. He says that uh, you only know that teams, what they would do if they got a hold of one of their newfangled all-purpose guys. It'll never catch on. Not at least on my team. Hashtag sarcasm sign. Also on Twitter, and again, you can react, at Ronnie K Radio. Bogey says, I think it's a good assessment. It is important to note that McKenzie was released because he couldn't handle punts at all. If he continuously puts the ball on the turf, he will be cut in Buffalo as well, but the coaches could have used him more on offense on sweeps and such. Going back to our conversation a little bit earlier. It's weird that this is a Broncos offense that now kind of utilizes those parts of the playbook, and yet what could have been an option there is no longer obviously on the team anymore. Justin Taylor just flat out disagrees and says no, while Diamond Rattler flat out agrees and says 100% agreed. So be sure to keep those comments coming on our Twitter feed at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Just food for thought. Again, you know, I don't want people to listen to this podcast and say, oh my gosh, what is Ronnie doing calling this draft class good? It's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing. But while the draft class is not good, I'm also here to say I wonder if this is more of a C-minus draft class brought to an F because of bad coaching. And maybe, just maybe, this draft class is a hair better than you thought. Getting your reactions on Twitter and, of course, at MileHighSports.com where you can read up on all kinds of great written stuff when it comes to the Broncos. Be sure to go check that out at MileHighSports.com. From TJ McBride to myself, Sean Drotar, Zach Seegers, Rich Kurtzman, Justin Michaels. A lot of great writers over there at MileHighSports.com. Strongly encourage you to go check it out. A lot of Broncos coverage. Of course, we will be getting into diving into the X's and O's tomorrow on our Broncos Blitz daily podcast. When it comes to that divisional matchup, that seven-win Chargers team hosting the Denver Broncos in a dot-dot-dot home game for Denver, 
or maybe not that the Chargers are a little bit better, maybe their fans will actually show up. We'll see how it goes. But we'll be talking about that coming up on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll, of course, get your player interviews, breakdowns, discussions, all that good stuff at milehighsports.com coming up on the next Broncos Blitz podcast. I appreciate you listening. Of course, be sure to follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, at Mile High Sports. And a lot of exciting new things coming to the Broncos Blitz podcast. Can't reveal it quite yet, but I will say this. The Broncos Blitz podcast has been extremely successful, and it's because of you. And I I can't thank you enough. We went from a once-a-week podcast to twice a week, and then you kept demanding more. And you said, okay, we're going to make this three days a week. And then instead of going to four days a week, we said, okay, we're going to go from three to five. And now it's a daily podcast. And now there's another element being added. And I can't quite tell you about that element. But it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's coming the Monday after Thanksgiving. I'll tell you about it more coming up in future podcasts. But for now, that is it for the Broncos Wits Podcast. Be sure to check us out at milehighsports.com for breakdowns, discussions, coaching interviews, player interviews, all kinds of good stuff over there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, y'all.